Hey everybody, we got the Bunch Podcast coming at y'all with another episode. It's your girl Real and Bond, Kara, Faze, <laughs> aka Nicole, and we got a hot episode for y'all today. Um, we we have the word that we all know and love and hate: toxic. <laughs> what is gonna be a good one? It should be good because everybody toxic or has been or ha- has needed to detox from somebody. Um, a situation, whether it's a lover, family member, your co-workers, maybe your pet, you know, you they were just toxic. Not your, not your dog is toxic. <laughs> you know, sometimes, you know. What do you do in that case? <laughs> Sell it. Crazy. <laughs> I won't take it to the pound, but Craigslist? Mm-hmm. Now, I think we should go ahead and define the term toxic before we really jump into it because Please the do. term is overused, right? And so I like to look at definitions like what, what Webster's has to say, but what uh, uh, <laughs> Urban Dictionary has to say, because yes, I have them both in queue. So, um, of course, Oxford and then is saying that toxic means poisonous, um, a very harmful or unpleasant in a pervasive or insidious way. It's like, yeah, okay, don't want none of that in my life. But then Urban Dictionary, the, the top def- definition, says an adjective used to describe usually a very negative person that bitch about everything, spread oh. unnecessary hate, or just talk shit about others. You can meet these people in any online game community, and they are the main coin of online gaming. That was that was very specific. Damn. That was very specific. <laughs> online gaming. Somebody needs a game. This person is okay. Too. I really do. Exactly. How do you get the number one optional uh, <laughs> Urban Dictionary? My like, wow. So like, um, toxic is also when they can't let you go, but won't you t- treat you right either. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like that. It sounds like some stories behind that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. they they the sentence they gave is so basic. It's like Jessica's boyfriend is so toxic. No, <laughs> tell us what he did. Tell exactly. Because Jessica's boyfriend disrespects her, calls her out her name, cheats on her. But then mm-hmm. when she leaves, he chases her down to come back and do it all over again hello Bonner. that's why jessica's boyfriend is toxic okay jessica came back for closure and what did he do <laughs> he did a raw and she loved it and now she's back in her feelings and they're back together he's still mm-hmm. cheating though still still but she thinks he changed he comes home as long as he comes home as long as he knows where home is Fine. So I hate shit like that. <laughs> he knows where home is. Like, but you know, does he care? He he knows where home is, but he doesn't care. Well, shit, anybody <laughs> will if you send that link. I, I mean, know where home is. <laughs> send me the address. Because because he might be homeless. If we, uh, never that's know. another toxic situation. See, it's it's a lot of toxicity out in this world. Mm-hmm. Have y'all dealt with? 
no, no, no. Forget that. What's the most toxic thing y'all have dealt with when it comes to relationships or lovers? Wait, before, before we get into the personal stories, <laughs> can we whine about some things, though, with uh, toxicity? Oh, we can. <laughs> you wanted to get started. I feel like this whole... Exactly. This this whole this whole podcast is probably going to be like a, a, a grievances thingy, but <laughs> I feel like specifically for wine about it, my personal issue with toxicity um, is people who gaslight, and that's another kind of like uh, trigger word or new phrase that's been used a lot, also. But in that sense, gaslighting is basically when somebody's telling you you're doing something to them and then you either play it down or ignore it altogether or make it seem like it's not exactly how they make it seem. And it makes me think of a specific person. <laughs> so and I feel like that is an uh, extension of toxicity, being a gaslighter. That's my two cents. Oh, my yeah. whine about it. <laughs> like when somebody gaslights you, they make you feel crazy. Exactly. And it's like you cannot be serious. And you start to second guess yourself. Um, but at, you you have to be like, no, I know I'm not crazy. This person is actually crazy. Um, and so you gotta be able to hold your own in with within yourself. Yeah. Like, nah, you just got to get left in the dirt. But sometimes you don't see stuff that first go round or that second go round. And you're like, am I supposed to be feeling the way I'm feeling based off of the things that you've done? And so you bring it to somebody's attention, your significant other or your friend or whatever the case is. And then they kind of downplay it like, no, it's not that deep. So you're like, okay, maybe I am tripping. But that's why you got to look at patterns. So I think that's helpful. But I'm not trying to get too big into the tips right now. But does anybody else have any uh, toxic uh, whining about it? Don't do that shit. <laughs> just period, point <laughs> just, blank. Just don't do it. No, I was just trying to think, like, if if I've received any, honestly, because I mean, I feel like it's, you know, the whine about it is straightforward. Like that shit's annoying. It's, it's like psychological manipulation mm-hmm. and man, I don't know what we were using before gaslighting, but <laughs> that is the oh, popular true. word. <laughs> um, so like, what is that even equal to? What is that equivalent to? I think it's just, like it's just playing game. They're deli- de- uh, delirious. That you know, it's just trying to play it off or just insulting a person's intelligence, really. Yeah. And then it's just a lot of um, like discrediting of a person. Like, so if you get to people first, if if the guy, well, whoever it is. Like you go to your girls and like, oh, well, he did this and this and this and this is how and all I did was. And so, of course, your girls are going to believe it or whoever you told first is going to believe you first, typically. And then when that other person is like, no, it actually was this. Sometimes it's like mm, my mind is already made up. <laughs> but I think that's what kind of what was going on before. But we're learning. We're 
we're we're putting uh, terms on these things, words for these things. Yeah, I would have just called this some um, some bullshit, some mind games, because it's all the same to me. All the same. You just uh, trying to play games because you was caught. That's what it is. I think my whine about it is how people intentionally are toxic. So of course I'm always on Twitter lurking, <laughs> um, lurking, liking, bookmarking because some things don't. Everybody don't got to see that I likes. Like don't be searching through my likes. Please, and if you do, don't judge me. Please, because so, it pops up on people's timeline. If that can be a about it in itself, it's like damn it. I was like, you didn't know that. Private. But that's like, up on that app. Oh, content. Like says like this. And it's like, okay. it might be something free. But that's what you went to? <laughs> <laughs> that's when you bookmark. That's when you bookmark. But like, Tips early, oh, early in the game. But on Twitter, you know, people, or on social media, period, like, people would say, I'm about to, you know, do this and that, like, to this girl. I know it's toxic, but fuck it. Like, I'm going to just do it. And it's like, why? It's like, you just want somebody to want you so bad because they're like, oh, my sex is toxic. What does that mean? Like. What? Yeah. So My I, sex is toxic? Yeah. It's like, I'm afraid to say these things. God is say We here. It's just things I think about, like. Tell us what you'd be thinking. <laughs> right. I actually had a conversation with someone was a guy and um he, the conversation was basically he felt like one of the things of being toxic like toxic sex is um as you as a woman um performs fellatio while looking while making eye contact with the guy and it's just like real passionate and it's just like it's just like well, well, maybe she's, she just wants to engage. She's looking at you. You're looking at her. You're looking at, you know, you just want to make sure there's a connection there. Mm-hmm. Another thing was um, like having sex with a person. Wait, so he was saying a girl looking in the eyes while doing that, that's toxic? Looking at him in the eye while she gives him head. That's toxic? That makes her toxic? Yes. What? I don't yeah. like he just, So he doesn't normally have the girl that he's with do that? Like, I feel like that's a way to gauge if you yeah. liking it or not, quite yeah. honestly. Exactly. It's like, I'm, a, I'm, you like it? You know, <laughs> exactly. You're thinking about, is it good to you? And like, then, like, that, you know, you feeding off the energy. Is this his first round? If I know that you liking it, then I don't got nothing to do with being toxic. It's like, okay, sometimes I like what? to be an advocate because I really try to understand people and why they think this way. But I, I think it definitely uh, refers more to, situationships like this is maybe a a one-time two-time five-time thing we're not actually in a relationship so it's like you're not really trying to lead the person on but if you keep basically having sex with me like this then I'm going you know it's I'm going to be almost addicted to you but we're not together we never had plans to get together we're not talking about commitment or anything so it's like people have said, like, 
the way a person like they'll say my sex is toxic because I'll have sex with you as if I love you, but I don't even, I'm not even going to text you when I leave. I'm not letting you know when I make it home. I'm not even about to sleep next to you. It's like, I'm going home. This was it. Have a good night. So they feel like that type of thing is, is toxic. If depending on how they have sex, I think it just really comes down to, again, you wanting someone to be attached to you for maybe personal gain, but then, you know, you're not going to treat that person or tell that, like, um, express that you're even into that person that way. You just want to mess with their heads and, and feelings. And I think it, putting, I don't know, if you are looking for something real as far as relationship-wise in regard to toxicity, if you're looking for something real, I don't think you can base that 100% on sex anyway so having your expectations kind of in line I think would help you um be more realistic when you're dealing with a toxic person so that they don't have that much effect on you because it's like I saw this post on Twitter and this girl said I don't understand why people are like oh I was mesmerized by the sex or I couldn't get over this person because of the sex and you was like it was so good it was so good and she was like you're basically using this one good thing to tie you to a toxic person because nothing else y'all didn't share anything else that was good so it's like you have to look at the full spectrum of things and if that's the only thing that they're giving you that's good nine times out of ten is not worth a relationship anyway so you probably shouldn't be putting that much feelings into it anyway because y'all don't do nothing else but just have good sex so that's just wild to me <laughs> and I, i'm like why why is that i don't understand why that would be somebody's goal to to be that like i want to do this to somebody to make them feel this way it's like what is it in you that's making you want to i don't know i don't know what would make you want to have a negative impact on somebody else because I see that as having like a negative impact oh. on somebody else. If you're like, I want this person to be so attached to me, but still not give them what they want. Like, that's just malicious. <laughs> like It is, but I think it's, it's just, because that's how they're feeling from, from something. That's, that's what I'm missing. saying. It got to be deeper rooted. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. it got to be deeper rooted other than, oh, I just, I just, I have bomb, you know, sexual capabilities, but it's like, I don't, know, my life doesn't work with the mindset that I'm intentionally intentionally going out to like hurt somebody or their feelings or to have them be hooked on to me like honestly like uh, attachments and connections like that I'm not even the type to go out with somebody that I don't even like like that like right. even if it's like a free meal because you know like guys would be like a girl would go out for a free meal for anything like no mm -hmm. I've turned down free meals like do send me meals to you work because I don't even like you like that <laughs> like I'm not gonna hold you up I'm not gonna have you waste your money buy some food for somebody that actually likes you I'm, like, I, say, I'm not I don't, gaining don't. nothing out of it I guess other than food but I ain't that pressed I can buy <laughs> some my people are food. really hungry <laughs> but I will say though um I don't know if we want to call this devil's advocate I don't I, I don't know that everyone knows that they're you know, being toxic or even intentionally being mm. toxic. I think it's just like how they are engineered to, to handle. But the way Rail was describing, she but was yeah. saying people, some people have specifically said, I'm going to do this to get somebody. But you know, I, 
then this might be off topic. But I feel like when people are like, oh, my sex is so good, it's not. Girl. Like, that, that needs to be fact checked. And then, like, if people are like, oh. we need the car facts. Because you're saying it. You're saying it. There's not reviews like, oh, yes, five out of five. Everyone was like, yes, his dick was good. So I don't. How many dick facts? That needs to be a thing. And then it's just like, you know, the whole like, oh man, our sex was so good. And you know how I'm going to live. How am I going to live? You don't, you don't think like there could be better. Like, you don't want to be like, oh, okay. Um, let's, you know, get ready for better. I don't even Not know if it's better. I don't even know if when people say that they like being toxic or if they like make light of it, I don't even know if I could take that seriously. Like, um, like you were saying, like, I don't think people are generally uh, um, intentionally being toxic. I think maybe it's just sort of like a set of behaviors that they have adopted over time. And I think for the most, like, I feel like people who do certain things that they know are toxic, they know that those things are bad, but for whatever reason, they can't, they, they choose not to do better. (laughs) <laughs> so, but I mean, isn't that the um, same thing though? Being intentional, if you know that you're doing something and you know that it has a negative impact on somebody or something, but then you still choose to do it. Yeah, but that's I don't still think a choice. You're still being intentional when when you're doing yeah, toxic stuff. But like I feel that. like it's more of like um because I guess you don't know what's what's behind that decision. Like, like I said, like it could just be a set of behaviors that like you've adapted over time and maybe you don't know why you do it, but you also don't know why you can't stop doing that thing. Like whatever that is, like maybe there's something else going on. Like you said, there could be a lot of deeper issues involved. And I feel like maybe that's, maybe that's it, you know, maybe it's just out of fear, you know, you know, that doing certain things gets you a certain type of result and you don't know how to achieve this thing that you want by way of other means so maybe you're just like I don't know that could be just just one facet of it like so at what point do we take um I guess personal responsibility in a situation if maybe you don't identify with it being your behaviors being toxic in certain instances but I think if you have any base level of um, awareness of how you interact with people and you see people that you may genuinely care about you may genuinely care about these people but these like you said these behaviors have become so second nature to you and in some instances I feel like people would pick up that it's hurting them even if it's some people just tell them flat out like with communicating if you're hurt it's like you did x y and z and it hurt me at that point I don't think you have any excuse to continue to do that at all even if it is like these behaviors that you've consistently had going on like at what point do you seek out help for that because I don't don't know I guess I don't think it's any I don't think there's any excuse for anybody to treat anybody ill or in an ill manner or a a way that they wouldn't want to be treated themselves yeah there's definitely no excuse I I feel like it just takes some some self-awareness and like some, some work, you got to put some work (laughs) behind that and figure out 
Well, but you got to want to put better. the work in. Well, you got yeah. yeah, you 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 to gotta be able to identify, like she said, the self-awareness. You have to know, like, or re- you know, recognize, like, what you're doing. Like, I mean, okay, I'm not, I can't get too specific, but like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I'm saved now. <laughs> wait, but like, by Jesus, amen. Well, <laughs> oh, wait, no. <laughs> Like, okay, so like, you know, having this conversation, you know, and, you know, this new term of of gaslighting, you know, as I look back, you know, like, I probably unintentionally, unknowingly lit some flames in the past, you know, by this new term. And, you know, I didn't know that's what it was. And, you know, I can't say that um, I meant to do it per se, um, but I also you know, looking back now, it's like, I wasn't, I wasn't in a mature place mm-hmm. um, or space at that time. One to be like, Hey, you need to grow up and just communicate. Cause that was, re- that was really my thing. Um, and uh, lack of, I guess, wanting to be vulnerable. Um, so it's like, sometime, I guess you want to call this gaslighting was just my way of like, I don't want to communicate. I'm not ready. I'm not, I'm not so, mature. I can't do it. I know I you don't want to get too much information, but how, how were you gaslighting in those situations? Like they would come to you and say, I guess what you did X, Y, and Z, what you did made me feel this way. Would you just kind of pass it off? Like, oh, they're being sensitive or yes, that you're being sensitive. Like it's not a big deal. Um, and I just want to say for the record, I wasn't doing anything crazy, (laughs) but you know, like I, you know, I guess I would do some, you know, invalidating of their feelings because I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like anything was, you know, that deep. Uh, so I took, you know, I put my feelings first and was like, well, if I don't feel, you know, like this is a big deal, or if I don't feel like I would be hurt by it, like you shouldn't be hurt by it. So move on, you know, we're going we gonna to watch this movie or not, you know, whatever the case may be. I'm trying to think like what else like to, to be more specific, but I can say that, you know, uh, I probably, I guess, had some toxic behaviors unknowingly back in the day. Um, it definitely does take self-awareness and the desire to be a better person. Uh, you definitely have to take some time for yourself. Uh, and reflect uh, but that's why I say like I don't think that everyone is necessarily intentionally doing it and there's probably something you know deeper there just because apparently I was a little big back in the day so so to to um because I want to touch on um actually with both Vaughn and uh Nicole said and then combine them so sometimes, yeah, you just don't know that you're being toxic. And um, I think within the last, um, i say year and a half, because I don't even know how to count 2020. Like it was a year, a but it was like the conversations and events that happened before then, I really don't know <laughs> where they are, where mm-hmm. it's going to happen. But um, I know there was a time that me and Kara had a conversation And we realized that we had, in fact, been toxic. And it was like, we didn't, 
it's like it, it's it's a realization. But mm-hmm. before you get to that point, because like um, Nicole said, identifying being able to identify the issue is the first step. It's like okay, yeah, that's that's a that's the perfect first first step. But mm-hmm. going back to what Bond said, you just sometimes you don't know. There there comes a time where you just don't know, or there is a time where you don't know that you're being toxic. And I think that sometimes when people are being toxic or they know that they cannot commit to a person um, for whatever reason that they cannot commit, I think they just still want to be able to experience that vulnerability, that comfort, the intimacy, that basically relationship. Uh, you know, they want to experience that with a person. However, they're just not fully prepared to maybe be monogamous. Maybe there are just some things that they have to get together within themselves, whether it's mentally, financially, um, physically, whatever the case may be, there's something in them that says, I need to work on this, but I've been working on it for so long or haven't been able, whatever, like maybe they haven't gotten to where they want to be. So in the meantime, it's like, all right, I found this really awesome person. I don't know if they are pretty much ready to take on all of my issues, but who knows? It's like, maybe I'll try. Maybe, you know, if I have this experience with this person and they make me comfortable enough to divulge in and and make me like tell them the rundown, like give them my car facts, my person facts. <laughs> um, and they're just like, all right, cool. What you want to eat? We about to go eat. <laughs> like, and they're cool with that. It's like, I think there's just, be me. <laughs> yeah, it's like this, this, um, this point that you get to where it's like, let me just try it out. But if you see that uh, this is getting too deep, it's, there are things that I'm still not ready to do, then it's like, all right, now I got to ghost you. I got to, like, I got to sever this for whatever reason. And the reason may not make sense just because it's like, I can't continue to drag you along because we've come to a point where things are getting really heavy and I just, I can't commit to it because I have these things I have to deal with. So that could just possibly um, be a situation with folks and why they are toxic. But then you identify, okay, yep, I'm toxic. Either I'm not gonna date people or let's work on communicating. Let's let people know, like if I go out with them, tell them your intentions (laughs) from the jump. Like, I don't know what we're doing. I don't know what I wanna do. I don't think I'm ready for a relationship right now. Like, like that's easy, right? That sounds, sounds easy. <laughs> it sounds real easy. No, like people are like, let's just see how it goes. <laughs> and then you just seeing how it goes for three years and you still like, damn, I am seeing Three years. <laughs> three turns into six. <laughs> and it's like. We're just, we're just going with the flow. Just going with the flow. It's like, how you, how you and such and such doing? Because all the flow is no in 10 years. 
So at some point, again, like, when do you cut this person off? I feel like any any um, toxic situation, whether you're on the giving end or the receiving end, it just all uh, boils up to a point that nobody can tell you when you can't take no more, only you can tell yourself that. So it, everything relates back to something I saw on social media. But uh, there was some Erica Badu posted was like, sometimes you're just going to have to keep going through it you're gonna have to keep sending him in text messages and getting ignored you're gonna have to keep calling and not getting answers <laughs> keep showing up and he ain't gonna respond she was like eventually eventually you're gonna realize that you want something else and you're just gonna stop doing it so it's just like you know you're gonna keep on doing it until you're tired of it <laughs> and i feel like that's what most people do some people see it early on and some people just keep on going that's why toxic relationships or situationships or whatever the case is and even even in the workplace which I want to talk about too toxicity in the workplace but it's like you 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 stay in this because there is a level of comfort because you're like okay first off I don't want to have to go through looking for another job I don't want to have to do another cover letter or resume I already get you know 40 hours a week I'm able to barely pay my bills but still pay my bills if that's the case, it's like, it's a toxic situation, but you become comfortable in it until you really have that really fed up moment at work or in a relationship or within a friendship. And when you hit that point, I feel like me personally, when I hit that point is no turning back. <laughs> Sometimes people hit that point and they keep going back, but. No, no. I think I was like the boundaries. Because <laughs> yeah, I'd be like- good on people. Yeah. <laughs> That goes back to like our episode, like with boundaries. So like you got to set those. So like, exactly. You know, you aren't in that situation because, you know, it's like, you know, the whole like, oh, we're just going with the flow, seeing how it goes. But then you you have those, you know, moments of anger and frustration of like. I don't want to say like legit, uh, I guess, relationship feelings, but you're like, if you guys are just going with the flow, like, can you be mad if you know he's dating someone else and you guys didn't have that conversation didn't set those boundaries communication and 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 that's that's the biggest part about um and it's like we can we can definitely go on and on and on with relationships and dating because dating today is so complicated like people really are afraid to express themselves and be vulnerable because they're like they're basically ending it before it really begins. Um, I've dealt with people that it's like, we really vibe, like we're a lot of life, we have a lot in common and it just doesn't go anywhere. And mm-hmm. it's like, I've been asked like, why didn't you talk to such and such? How was that going? Like, I thought y'all were good. And it's like, nothing even happened. It's just, I've had the conversation. This was out. And it, well, in, in one of those cases, <laughs> um, the person was still in between their ex and, you know, like not knowing what to do with that because there was just a lot of back and forth with them. And when you think about it, it's like you're just comfortable. You're comfortable with an ex. You know the problems. You know how to solve them somewhat or deal with them, I should say. Um, and when you get with someone new, it's exciting, but it's like... I don't know. This is. I feel 
feel like those things ain't never gonna work out because people who hold on to the past that already didn't work out it's kind of like you either going to compromise with this person who you can't let go of and they won't let go of you y'all either gonna compromise and make it work or y'all need to let it go because y'all both holding each other back like those whole i'm i'm still stuck on my ex thingies i feel like that's a uh oh yeah i mean that's set up for failure (laughs) i i definitely had to kind of like let that go or i typically i just don't allow myself to get too attached i try not to well i mean i'm I'm talking about the guy that you was talking about who was stuck on his yeah that's what i'm saying i feel like like that yeah that's what i'm saying like i can't get attached to him because knowing that it's like i you know i just don't want to deal with heartache and that's another thing that's another and maybe we, <laughs> we can eventually get to that because again, I've, I think everybody at some point has, may have been toxic or has definitely had a person be toxic to them. And I can say that um, maybe somebody would consider me toxic because um, oh crap, I lost my train of thought. Delete this. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's about to be good. I mean, I do have a question. I'm okay. That's all right. We keep going. You, we come Wait, back to that. We good. But like, damn, that was gonna be good. So I have a question. I know that you said that you and Carrie had a conversation at one point of your toxic traits or behaviors up for debate. Um, I was just wondering, like, what what were you guys doing that was toxic? If you can share, I honestly don't remember. <laughs> Just, tell tell me what I did that was toxic. I'm asking you what you did that you were toxic. I don't remember. I feel like anything that I have done that may have been um accepted as toxic was unintentional. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, and the, the conversation was all in, intentional. Um like we 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 said that we didn't know at the time of being toxic that we in fact were being toxic and it could have been jokingly but um maybe it's also like our sometimes you you dabble in I guess this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before too like you know you can be in a toxic situation with someone and not care too like he low-key is a little toxic to me and then I'm just I might be back to him a little bit, but we just cool in our toxicity. So <laughs> maybe that was like the situation. I don't know. Cause I'm not, I'm trying to think like, what have I? It's kind done? of been like unintentional. Like as, as far as um like somebody like you and it's like I don't really like this person but I find myself flirting and it's like I'm being but to me I'm being nice but other people have told me not like no you're flirting it's like oh and I have flirted my way into situationships and um and situationships don't necessarily mean that you're having sex but (laughs) you can get to that point but it's like, no, this is not, I don't, I don't really want to be with you. Um, and I don't really know how to like tell people. Um, so I just start ignoring them. And so I, like my toxic trait is 
I'm a ghosting. <laughs> I'm a whole ghost. I am. Um, Casparisha. Um, Casparisha. Like, I I ghost because I don't like confrontation. I don't like um, to have to tell a person, "Hey, I'm just not into you," because then you have to learn to why. And, and get down with that. And Second. it's like, yeah, it's like it's not that anything is wrong with you. It's just not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in some cases. I have told a person, there was a guy who did something I just didn't like. He like kissed me and I didn't, like we were talking to each other. We had just gotten to know each other a little bit. And um, he he was older, you know, the older guys like me. <laughs> <laughs> somebody's father um actually he didn't have no kids but um he he saw me a a couple of times and we we chatted we talked we text but we and then we only went out one time and so and that one time was just like it wasn't an an extravagant date um I of course I didn't purchase anything that was like not out of my range and um, it was just good conversation. So when he walked me to my car, um, he like leaned in for a kiss. And I was like, oh, no, you know, thank you for everything today. But I'm going to get in my car. And then he was like, no, I'm getting the kiss. And it was oh. like, and he took it. And so I was completely turned off, like completely oh. turned off. And so that reason for ghosting him was more normal, but I did. It, it's like that's not even a ghost. That's just yeah. you separating yourself from somebody who doesn't respect boundaries. Like that's right, that's real like, rapey behavior. Yeah. He texted me, and I was real dry. And I, I did tell him like I don't, I don't mess with that. I don't like that you took advantage, and you like you went in for something that I had already denied you of first. So. Um, I just didn't like that. And so everything about him, like he apologized and all of that. And I just still wasn't feeling it. It's like, I don't, I don't want to feel pressured. Like if we go out again and, you know, he's, he's just not going to want to take it at the pace I want to take it. So I, I just stopped, um, responding, but then, um, other people, I just like, I'm like, I think I'm just done with this. I, you know, like sometimes I'm just done with it. Again, it's not their flaw per se. Um, it's just not gonna go with how I like to do things or how I am. So I don't wanna just keep meeting up to to sit down and go out to eat with you, drink with you. You know, I don't wanna even do the sex because if I'm not into you mentally, like if we don't have a real connection and I'm over it, None of that is going to be good for me. It's a waste of my time. I would rather sit at home and watch Netflix. (laughs) Thinking of toxicity and putting ghosting under that, sometimes I see it a little bit as toxic and sometimes I don't because, um, and I I don't want to get too deep into this because we definitely plan on doing an episode about ghosting in and of itself. So there's no point in diving diving too deep into that. But um, I don't know if that's what we were talking about when we were talking about being a toxic, because I guess I, I've been a Casper, but I feel like if I even get to that point, 
I probably saw something in you initially. Like, like I said before, I'm not going to string anybody along that I don't like at all. But if, if there was an initial interest and then at some point I realized like, nah, this ain't it. And you haven't taken any hints, you know, I'm not, I probably won't just flat out ignore you. I'll probably be a little bit more dry and all that stuff. And then eventually hope that you get the message, (laughs) but that's probably to the extent of, I guess, quote unquote, toxicity with that. But outside of like relationships and stuff, what other aspects of toxicity have, have y'all seen or experienced and what does that look like? So earlier um, we mentioned toxic work environments. Anybody like, because before I go, (laughs) definitely. (laughs) Come on. Definitely Chinese. (laughs) You about to preach about it. (laughs) (laughs) Because. So I've I've left (laughs) two toxic work environments in the past uh in the past three and a half years that's mm. a lot in, <laughs> in that short span of time yeah that's but I, I feel think. like yeah so it was it's crazy so the first job was my first job out of grad school I worked in Lansing I'll just leave it there <laughs> you're not gonna drop the address no <laughs> and it's so crazy because I think um I knew that I wanted to leave within the first four or five months. Mm. And, and I remember going into interview and I noticed that the vibe seemed very dreary. Like I went in, it was very quiet. Nobody really looked excited to be there. And so I feel like that was the first. It was like, like, get out, (laughs) get. Yeah. So I feel like that was the first red flag, but um, I took the job anyway um, you know, just to get some experience under my belt or whatever, I thought it was a good place for me to start. But I think I learned very quickly, like, um, that it just, it, it was a very toxic work environment. And I think the things that made it toxic were, um, just the overall energy of, the people who work there, it seemed like nobody wanted to work there. Nobody enjoyed working there. Um, and I think that that can bring down the mood, especially if you're somebody new coming in, you're excited about a new job, mm-hmm. but then you, you know, you, you work around these people who will, um, you know, talk bad about the boss, talk bad about the job itself. Um, they make it. I had an old, I had an old mentor called them the swamp people and when I would do internships they said beware of the swamp people because yeah. you go into a job and they They're feel very so negative. jaded and they'll just pull you down with mm-hmm. them yeah like just very very negative people who are negative they feel negatively about the job and um you know it's kind of like how can you enjoy working here when other people don't and then another thing that I thought was toxic was hearing them talk about other co-workers in front of me I thought that was, I thought, yeah, I thought it was, it was disrespectful. And I think the things that they said were disrespectful, um, like, I mean, berating people, like there was one particular person who, um, it was a producer and she was talking about a reporter and she would say things like, she is so stupid. 
And yeah, she would say things like that. Like she's stupid. She's, you know, this or that, whatever. Um, when she wasn't around and, um, and then, and then a couple of the girls that worked there were very cliquish. It was very immature to me. Um, like they kind of had like this, I don't know, like just, it was three of them and they just like, had they been working there for a long time? Yeah. They had been there for at least four years each. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I didn't like that energy. Um, so I think I was looking for a job, another job within like six months. And I got out <laughs> after a year. Um, oh, what also made it toxic? Um, well, I think just working in the industry that I'm in, um, things like work hours, you know, you have like non-traditional work hours that can um, take a toll on you um working holidays weekends late nights overnights mm -hmm. being mm -hmm. flexible and having to be available for the needs of the workplace and then for the work environment not to even um be a nurturing place it's just like you're getting it from all sides so that was like I would say that was probably the un one of the most unhappy times of my adulthood like my working adulthood and then fast forward to my second <laughs> toxic workplace, dealing with <laughs> dealing with somebody like a colleague, um, and it was an anchor um, who was just very mean, very rude. Um, she would make us feel like we were too amateurish, like we were not experienced enough to work with someone with so much experience. And I feel like with people like that, they're jaded and they're... Um, I don't know, like they're very full of themselves, but they're also, they also didn't reach, um, a place. Exactly. Like you're not at a national station. Calm down. Exactly. We're in the same place. <laughs> you're right. a lot older than I am. So, <laughs> so I understand that. Right. So I I under no, <laughs> so I, so I take that to mean you're you're unhappy with where you are in your career and you take it out on other people but I felt like you know the job isn't paying me enough to deal with stuff like that um and then there was another situation where it's like you know bad work hours um people who are just not very kind in the workplace like they're disrespectful in the workplace and just um you know, everybody's like a little know-it-all. Everybody's kind of arrogant. Everybody wants to make you feel like you're not on their level, even though everybody's pretty much like <laughs> on the same mm -hmm. playing field. Um, so, yeah. So for me, um, I definitely, I found an escape route, I guess, twice, like two times. <laughs> like I knew that I was unhappy there and um, I knew that I needed to get out. So did you ever fear that you were going to be to become too comfortable and end up staying there longer or like what was that breaking point because that's what we talked about earlier like how do you know how much toxicity you can stand like what was that breaking point uh I don't know if I can say like what was the breaking point I just feel like I had to look at like my overall happiness I just felt like like um it wasn't benefiting me mentally to work in a place um and really 
I think even with the second place, it became less about the place itself and more about the conditions under Mm -hmm. which I was working. So it's like, I'm not happy with the work hours. I feel like I don't have a social life. And, you know, if I'm, you know, not happy with the work that I'm doing, because eventually it felt like I wasn't going to advance within the amount of time that I wanted to advance. So there was no movement. The pay was bad. Um, The commute was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I just felt I'm saying you that know, for you because girl, <laughs> yeah, so it's like <laughs> it was just multiple things, and it's like I don't feel like I'm living my I don't feel like I'm living. I feel like I'm working just to pay bills. Yeah, I'm I'm waking up and I'm going to work. And it's think, it's yeah. That's a good point when um realizing that you want to get out of a toxic si- situation. If you feel like you're putting more into a situation than what you're getting back, that's a sign that, okay, maybe I need to reevaluate if this needs to continue to hold my attention. And in different scenarios, that might be harder to get out of because fortunately enough, you were able to find another job. I feel sorry for the people who have become so stuck that they turn into these swamp people because a lot of people who have still been there about four years, they probably wanted to leave after year two, but may not have had the opportunity. So they've just kind of like assimilated to the environment. And so now they're just like, well, I'm stuck here. So I'm just going to basically fuss about being here this whole time. Yeah. And to answer your other question, I was never worried about being comfortable because I wasn't comfortable. <laughs> so I mm-hmm. knew there was no way I was going <laughs> to be able to stay there any mm-hmm. you know, longer than I needed to. So I was kind of like, by any means necessary, <laughs> like okay, Malcolm, we're going to we're going to find a way out of this. And break free. yeah. And yeah, so I, I wasn't worried about that. And fortunately, I feel like, you know, my situation was a little bit easier. Like for some people, they um I don't know because I guess some of the young people that did eventually leave I mean they don't have kids or spouses so it is easier to leave when you don't have anything like holding you to a location exactly but yeah you can get up and move and one thing that I've noticed like I've never had I would say that for the most part I've had really good co-workers like I've never worked at a place where I just like dislike the people that I work with. I, I feel like we have a, a a strong camaraderie and people that I still talk to to this day that I haven't worked with in years. But one thing that I've noticed, I would say there's only been like one job that has been really toxic and it kind of trickled down from management. And it makes me think about people who say people don't leave um the job because they don't like the job people leave because of management in a lot of instances and that can really weigh on you so that's probably been like my biggest experience with toxicity in the workplace is just um some people aren't leaders they're bosses so they micromanage and Mm -hmm. they they have these this idea of how they want the business to run even if it's not the best thing for the business, they have ego and they have this idea and it's their way or no way. So I'm like, you're a boss because you get paid more, but you're not leading anybody. You're not building other leaders. When a leader builds other leaders. Like when everybody has a general consensus that um, they feel tired and they don't want to work there, they dread coming into work. And that is like literally the general consensus across the board for employees then that's definitely a management problem. So that's that's the toxic experience that I've had in the workplace. 
I just feel like everywhere you go, like there's those swamp people, there's those micromanagers, there's those people that, you know, get so caught up in their title that they don't even know how to execute on what that really means. Like there's so many mm-hmm. people that are leaders and they don't have, they have no clue how to lead or they don't, they don't care. Um, and then you lead to, you know, people like, you know, that are unhappy and want to leave their job and the, even the, the quality of their job goes down. And then it's like, yeah. depending on where you're at, like that puts clients at risk. Um, I mean, I've, I've seen it all. Um, it's, it's really unfortunate. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with all that shit. That's it's just wild. Though. So if, if you can get out, yeah, get, get out. out. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, especially like what Vine said, if you don't it. have anything, any <laughs> yeah. responsibility, you don't have no kids, you're not married mm-hmm. and stuff, it's just you, then take that yeah. leap of faith. Cause it, yeah, because it's, it's just not worth it in the long run, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, um, mental health. Yeah. yeah. It's like when it weighs on your mental us. health to the point where you dread going to work. Like, yeah. So I used to work. Um, so I, I found myself in, I'll just say, uh, proprietary schools or trade schools. And um, it's like kind of once you get into that realm, it's hard to get out, like, because that's what you're used to. Um, but so, and this is just kind of a side note. If you are working in proprietary schools, I highly encourage, if there's any reason to get your master's outside of getting the gown, because that's what I want, I only want the gown, and the the cap, that's what I'm there for, um, because sometimes that degree doesn't weigh as much. But I'm just saying. Um, and if you start it, finish it, because that's what I want to do. That's the other reason. However, sometimes when you start working at uh, trade schools and um, proprietary schools, like you get roped in, like this is all you're gonna do. So you hop from like. Everest, which is now called like our Alterius or something. Um, Dorsey. I did not know that. Um, yeah, it's like right? this in this this realm, and it's hard sometimes, depending on how long you've been in that realm, to graduate to a university or even a community college. So um, I started working at um, a trade school. Um, a medical trade school after after I uh, graduated from, graduated from college I was working at a paper company it was literally like the office like <laughs> you had a delight and all of that oh my gosh it was so quiet it was so quiet there that was it was a temporary job that's a whole nother story um and then it was like I got a new job I got a real job and um I was working at a uh, a trade school. Um, and the people were great, but the manager, um, she was very, like, she, she wanted to, uh, make sure you had tough skin, but she picked on me because mm-hmm. I was the youngest. I was the youngest in the whole company. They told me I was the youngest person in the company. I'm entering at 24 years old. And I was very, I was good at my job once I learned it. And um, it was just the the amount of work that would put on me because it's like, once I learned it, I would excel. 
And so they're like, oh, well, you can do other jobs. So I would switch to another position um, or another department. And uh, I was just picked on a lot. And other people would dump their work on me because I would get done with my work quicker than them. Fuck them. Yeah. And I'm like, well, where's my benefit? Like, I should be getting a benefit for this or some type of incentive because, like, I'm, I can encourage, I can, um, the, the, the basics of it was to basically sell the program. Outside of admissions, I always worked in uh, finance. So with financial aid, is like it's really difficult because you have to sell somebody student loans. It's like, mm, who wants to <laughs> dabble with student loans? So fast forward, um, I'm now in a managerial position um, and it's, Like, I'm trying to say I don't really like some of these people. (laughs) And the thing is, it's not because, because I, I, and I I don't necessarily mean it, it's kind of a jokey joke, but some people, like, I I want it to be different because I'm I'm in, in this position, I'm still the youngest. So, it's like you try to create as a manager, you try to create a, a an environment where people don't dread coming to work. Um, we are small enough, we're a small enough staff to be more of a family. And it's like you try to create that, but there are people that um kind of what uh Bomb was touching on, again, it's like Older people, older women, more so, they are not as supportive um, to, to. And you, you know, it's like, why? It's like, <laughs> why are you hanging on me? It's like, this, isn't this what you wanted? You were like, in my position at one point. Like, why? And it's like, why didn't you take it? And I've, I've asked somebody that before. Mm-hmm. At this same position, when I first started, this person was like, oh, I feel so bad for you. Oh, I... Um, I'm so sorry that you didn't receive the training. And it's like, this is very discouraging. And it's like, I came from a position where I was being laid off and I was very trained. Like I was very well trained at this other job, this previous job. Um, But it's like, it's discouraging when you hear that. It's like, they were making it seem as if you're not going to be able to do this job. You won't be able to take it. And it's like, this is toxic because you're not supporting me. This is a black woman, a black older woman, discouraging and saying these things to a younger black woman. And I simply said to her, why didn't you take the position? If you felt that these things were necessary um, and I didn't receive the proper training, but you know, everything there is to do, uh, why didn't you take the opening? Oh, because you couldn't handle it. So I signed up for this position. I got it. I'm qualified to do it. I I essentially accepted it. But sometimes you have people who are just unsupportive of it because, well, I don't want to say because, but, but at the same time, it's like they're not willing to 
take it on. So at least give me the respect, like to, to, to see that I'm going to try to do my best. And that's all you can do at work is you do your best. You go along with the training that you're provided. And then if, if you're in the position to make shit shake, like you can make a change or at least you can have, like you start building a relationship with the, 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 the change maker, the decision maker, then, Hey, do that. And, and maybe I'm, I'm venting a little bit because my current, my current job is just very toxic for me. It's very toxic and I've expressed it to them. So I'm not even worried. It's, it's not, it's not even a surprise. I feel like I, most people, like, you know, even management who are causing the toxicity, like, you know what you're doing. What I, what, what I don't like is um, as far as toxic work environments is like, you have to deal with people's viewpoints that you don't agree with. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't think I like you as a person coming from <laughs> a manager is like, I don't know. I don't think I like you as a person, but you do good work. Um, I don't, I, and I don't have grounds to terminate you. So it's like, these are hard things to deal with. And then how you treat other people is, it's just very difficult for me. And this is a challenge I'm, I'm currently working through. I will say with that, that last uh, comment, that shows that you're not a toxic leader because mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. will will manipulate the system to get rid of people because See? they're toxic. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about the manipulation, I feel like that's a key point of mm-hmm. being toxic because you could mm-hmm. allow your personal feelings toward uh, these employees to over overpower just being just or just you know being fair in the workplace. So that's a good sign. Yeah. Too. Really, the biggest thing. I like to be fair because I've been an employee, you know, and I, in a way, I, I still feel like I'm an employee. I don't own the place, so I still am. Yeah, totally. But it's like <laughs> I just, I just have a problem with um, people just not respecting me because I'm, um, I'm younger, or they. The respect has been gained. I'll say the respect has, has been gained, but like because I'm younger and I'm a woman, and the in the type of school it is, it's a male-dominated industry. So um it's just like you really have to work hard to like earn your space. And the people who have been there for 15, 20 years they're just stuck in their ways and it just becomes a bit toxic because they're, they're not as optimistic as I am. And it, it can kind of take a toll. Cause remember, mm-hmm. if you go back, the word toxic means like poisonous. It's almost as a cancer. Like these people are constantly dwelling in negative thoughts. And so it's like, how long am I going to be able to sit in this environment? How long do you, I'm sorry, my dog. (laughs) How long do you um, stay in an environment that is toxic to you um, and it's making you decent money 
before like before you say you know what it, it's just not worth it mm-hmm. yeah I mean you know to the to your point of like toxic you know being like poison I'm just spinning off the dome here right now because uh, you got the yeah. freestyle <laughs> do it. Do you want me to do a beat <laughs> drop that beat DJ <laughs> <laughs> I said toxic is a poison. You need some medicine. <laughs> no, but you know, <laughs> you know, like you know, taking the whole now, you know, toxic and poison. Like maybe you know, those people need medicine, uh, and that medicine is like maybe they're stuck in their ways because maybe I don't know. This is an assumption they've been doing the same thing, and maybe they just need. Uh, a detox of, of oh. their duties like maybe they need to like be put on a new project or something like to but some people do need to be slapped though just straight out their toxicity no i'd be looking at those like would Don't you, you need to be slap a co-worker for one million dollars it's not even a like, money. i think a lot of people would do that like 50 dollars i'll do it for free so i feel like i cut you off <laughs> Oh, I was just, I was just like, just like maybe people like, you know, when they get stuck like that, you know, if you're the, you know, a good person and you don't want to just chop them just because like, I think that that measure of like, I guess, covering your ass to an extent uh, is like, maybe they need to be refreshed and move to something new to, to pump new life back into them. I don't know. Just, it was just a thought that I had and. Yeah, but I think with the workplace thing, like you said, yeah, it's if you can't get out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're not. With certain certain situations, it's harder to get out. Like work, you can leave. But what about like toxic family situations? Because I've definitely drop them, delete them, drop them, delete them, drop them, delete them. I've definitely um, had. I guess just go put my business out there. I had a falling out with my brother and, um, yes. and I don't know if this is my, <laughs> I don't know if this is my toxic trait, but I feel like I do give a lot of chances when people have done like sideways stuff and I'm like, okay, but I'm always just watching you. And I would say there was one incident it was like multiple incidents before then, but you expect for a family person or a family member to be someone that you can depend on and blah, 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 and all that stuff. Especially if it's like your blood, blood family. And that's not always the case. I don't know if I'm just setting myself up for failure with having that expectation, but there have been instances where like I've reached out to my brother, because y'all know I move, I've moved a lot. This is probably the the most still I've been over the past like three years that I've been over the past several years so I've moved a lot and there was one time that I asked him to come help me move to Chicago and I was moving to Chicago and he was like all right bet I'll help you move but then he was like let me use your car while you in Chicago to go visit some people. I was like, no, you're not about to be driving around in my car in Chicago. He was like, well, I'm not gonna help you move. I'm like, that's not the brotherly thing to do, but bet. okay. I, I was like, I mean, you know, do what you're gonna do. That's fine. Cause you can't make anybody do what you want them to do. So I moved on from that. And then I feel like there were some other instances, but then the 
the straw that broke the camel's back or whatever. Um, when you realize that you're like, okay, this is toxic because this is affecting how I react to things and I'm acting out of my own character. I had, um, I was moving back to Michigan from Kokomo, Indiana. I had lived in Coke, uh, Indiana for a few years and I was moving back to Michigan and I had to bring all my stuff back and um, he was supposed to help me move then. It was just going to be him. He was helping my mom drive basically because my mom doesn't like to drive at night and I had to get a U-Haul and move all my stuff. And the day that we were supposed to go to Indiana to go pack up my stuff and move back, he came, uh, he, he drove up to, to my grandparents' house. He picked up me and my, or he was supposed to be riding with me and my mom. And I guess he wanted to say that he didn't realize that we were going to have to spend the night there. Cause I'm like, first off, when you leave to go move, all that stuff's not going to happen in a day. We're not about to drive from Michigan to Indiana, pack up stuff and then move, drive back from Indiana to Michigan all in 24 hours. That's not going to happen. Right. So I'm like, my mom had asked him like, you got your toothbrush and stuff? Cause you have to spend a night. He was like, I know we're going to spend a night. I thought it was all happening in a day. And I guess that wasn't his plan. So he just dipped out. And I'm just like, that's kind of foul. And I think I have a really high tolerance for BS. But at that point, I'm like, I feel like this is the reach of that. So he dipped out and we still had to go. So I call him like, where are you? Because we're about to head out now. He was like, I left because y'all taken to, you know, y'all, I, I wasn't planning on staying overnight and stuff. And I guess this is just showing the relationship that we have had. My brother, he has like his own issues and stuff like that. So aside from that, um, and I guess that kind of goes back to me saying, when you realize that you're a toxic person, but if you see that you hurt people that you claim to love or you care about, like how much, how many times do you have to do that before you decide I need to change my behavior? I need to change how I view things or how I process things or how I go about things. Um, so at that point, and I'm the type of person, I'm definitely a, a, and maybe this is my toxic trait, but I'm a silent cutoffer because I'm not going to be like, make a big old fuss and be like, oh, you know what? Don't ever talk to me again, blah, 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 you know? all of that stuff, I'm just going to be like, all right, I observed the situation and now I'm adjusting my expectations for you. So at that point, I blocked him on my phone and it was literally two years before I unblocked my brother from my phone. Like, and he would go like, cause I'm really, really cool with his baby moms. Like that's one of my friends. Like, I feel like we just built this strong relationship and she even tried to come in between and be like, well, why are you still not talking to him? And it's been like a year and stuff like that. And the thing is like, I'm never going to get like extra upset or malicious or talk bad about you. It's just, you showed me how you act and now I'm going to move accordingly. And I don't think there was anything since then I've unblocked his number. And I think a part of that was after my grandfather died and, you know, you go through this whole thing, like, you know, it was the pandemic and I love my brother. I'm always going to love my brother, but it's a tricky situation when it's family and you know that the situation is toxic, but it's family. Like you always going to see this person. You always going to have a connection to this person. So it's hard 
harder to completely disconnect from somebody that you are bonded to by blood. So I did unblock him. I don't, you know, I'm not expecting, I know for one, for, for a fact that I'm never asking for anything ever again, because I barely, I'm not too often to ask anybody for anything really too, too much anyway. So it's like for me to ask you to help me out in that sense and you, you know, you kind of flake on me like that. I'm definitely never asking you again, but I feel like dealing with family toxicity can probably be one of the hardest types of toxic relationships that you can deal with. Because for one, the expectation is somebody that shares the same bloodline as you, you don't expect them to do you dirty or take you through those toxic ringers. So that's hurtful in and of itself. But then you're constantly faced with this mending relationships. Because I, I always think about people who may not have a good relationship with their father or their mother or, you know, sister, brother and stuff like that. And they try to mend those relationships or maybe their parent wasn't in their life or something like that. It's like, I feel like you really have to pull from deep inside because you, you're dealing with a lot of emotions. Like you're upset, you're angry, but you love this person like it's your family and it's just it's so conflicting it's so conflicting because I see how you act and how you treat me but I still love you but I have to distance myself from you and that's the best response I can or of advice that I can give to anybody dealing with a toxic familial relationship it's like sometimes you do gotta love people from a distance no matter, you know, just because of how toxic they are. So I feel like that's a toxic thing to like pull back. And I don't think that, you know, when you, I guess, separate yourself or whatever, I don't feel like it has to be a whole big, you know, carnival and all that jazz either. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, I don't know. I Like maybe like, maybe something's wrong with me, but like, if I feel like it's it's worse if it's family. So like if you're family and you're toxic, like that's it. <laughs> like <laughs> you you got the same blood I got, and this was your decision. Yeah. Uh, like you know we're connected, and you you chose me of all people. So I'm really good on you. Exactly. So. And the the me being good on people can last for freaking ever. <laughs> I mean, I don't, like, I don't know if you need to set a time <laughs> limit. Like that was that yeah. was on them. But I feel like it was a big step for me to unblock him after two years. Quite honestly, I, like he has that access to me now. But like, and it's fine. Even even when he was blocked, I would still see him and be cordial and stuff. Like you still That's my brother. Yeah. But it is it's the betrayal. It's like I would. It's the fact that I would never do you the way you did me even bare minimum because you my family like and that's that's a that's I feel like that's a really hazy like toxic situation but because the other part is you know you see in social media we are I think we're always going to reference social media as if it's supposed to go into somebody's bibliography but (laughs) um the thing about it is like people feel like, oh, well, it's family. So you got to forgive them. You have to, you know, that's blood. Da, 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 da. Nope. <laughs> and I just, um, since it, it, it's like Kara, like I, I appreciate your, uh, 
your vulnerability, like your, your, your truth, because like I was debating, like, am I going to talk about my situation or not? And my situation, like you, you mentioned, like it's hard with parents mm-hmm. and like, I do not have a great relationship with my mom now. And it's very toxic. It's um, I don't speak to her. Um, and this could be, this could be my uh, toxic trait is that when people mistreat me severely, um, I choose to not talk to them anymore. If like, especially I ghost them, but it's like, I'm not only ghosting you, I'm, a, I'm like blocking you from everything. Um, but then some other things um, transpired and I'm just at the point where I, I've had to block her and I, I just don't want anything to do with her. However, there are definitely times where it's like, damn, I miss having a mom. There have been ups and downs, but almost four years now, we have not been on good terms. And even before this time, um, before a, a significant time where it was just like, oh, I'm done. We've always had these ups and downs. I think there are just a lot of underlying issues. And until that person goes to get therapy and discover those or try to solve those underlying issues because I've done it, then it's, it's hard to resolve the problem. You'll always have this longing to be with your parents. But if you can't do that, you can't, if you can't make me feel proud and happy to be your your kid then I can't I can't be surrounded by you I unfortunately and it's still kind of a punishment for me but I can't have you in my life because it does too much uh detrimental it does too many detrimental things for me to uh, continue this relationship with you so I gotta cut you off and I think that's when it comes to cutting off toxic people, whether family or friends or long-term relationships, ultimately you're doing it for your own mental health because that's is it's that's not selfish. <laughs> so um, regardless of who it is that's being toxic, I think everybody has to just like look at the situation as it is. And sometimes people can reconcile and when it, but my thing is like the only time that you can truly reconcile is if there's changed behavior going forward. Like you can say, sorry, all you want in the moment, but if we just going to hit this bump again, at some point I'm going to be done, done for real, for real. And it sounds right. like, like people have gotten to that point. So if, if somebody is being sincere, then I think there is redemption in being a toxic person that you can come back from that. But you got to like, even like says said from the beginning, like you have to identify that you have this issue, that you are being a toxic person. And then from there, it seemed like you might have to go on an apology tour because <laughs> at that point, yeah. you never know who you've been impacting with your toxicity. And I think all of us can even look I don't know, we didn't really get too deep into like how everybody else has been toxic, but I don't know if everybody, if that's something that everybody has been. Like, I don't think that's necessarily um, 
a given trait that everybody has to have been toxic at some point in their lives because some people are just you know not necessarily um, aware or not everybody's toxic sometimes we just have bad behavior yeah that's what I was trying to say and it can be and it can be corrected exactly but (laughs) you just got to be aware and I think where it becomes toxic is if you know it's just like a continuance of it and especially if you realize that you you're doing these things and you just keep going I feel like that's when it become can become uh toxic and not just you know a bad behavior trait all right so normally y'all we would say this is time to leave a tip and but tips have been given throughout this episode of the bunch podcast um we were we were definitely dropping gems i think overall it's just like whatever you need to do to separate yourself from a toxic relationship or in any form, family, romantic, situationship, work environments. Like if you need to separate yourself, do it. If you need to just communicate and like just stand up for yourself and say, listen, this isn't working for me, do that shit. Because you don't want to keep imposing like like mental uh, issues on yourself. Um, and the stress, the the mental angst, I should say, on yourself. So just go ahead and delete all that shit. <laughs> um, so we thank you for listening. Um, definitely, you know, take heed. Um, listen to us on all uh, platforms. We're everywhere. Wherever you want to listen to podcasts, you can follow us also on Uh, The Bunch Podcast on Instagram, The Bunch Pod on Twitter. Um, Twitter, our pages, and get on that uh, anchor. Wherever you listen to podcasts, again, go ahead, like, share, subscribe, tell your friends about us. Go ahead and give us five stars because I can only give it to us once. So if you (laughs) haven't given us five stars, go ahead and do that. Do that for us. Help us out. Uh, we we greatly appreciate everybody who's been riding with us from day one. Um, if you if you just not tuning in, go to our past episodes, listen to that. And uh, of course, we appreciate everybody. Bye. 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 I was just trying to see how long I can hold. <laughs>